What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Combo Church Podcast. My name is Craig. And my name is Kara, and we are the lead pastors of Combo Church. If you are listening on combochurch.com, iTunes, or Spotify, make sure you subscribe, follow, and like. We love it when you share with your family and friends, and we would love it if you could leave us a great review. Our prayer for you is that the message today will inspire purpose, encourage life, and build faith in you. Enjoy Enjoy the the message. message. But right now, this is the portion of our worship experience every single week where we go to the Bible. And we feel like that's actually pretty important if you're going to be a Jesus follower. Because it's not our job to just say that we believe and then come up with our own set of beliefs. It's our job to go to the Word of God and find out what is God speaking to us and how does it relate to our everyday life. Because you need to know that it relates to our everyday life. How's God speaking to my Monday through my Saturday, not just at church on Sunday. And so this is that time when we get into it today. And so we're... Uh, we're as you would assume and even hope, we're going to talk about Christmas and the birth of Christ today. Uh, I don't know if you knew that was coming or not, but just spoiler alert, that's what we're talking about today. So go ahead. If you have a Bible with you, let's go to the first book of the New Testament, the book of Matthew. We're going to go to the very first chapter of the first book of the New Testament. Matthew is the first gospel of the four. And we're going to read a couple of verses here. But before we do that, almost forgotten. I do not want to forget this, Chantel. Um, I wanted... I don't know if you saw the microphone or we can get that back, but they awakened just had all the gifts given to the amazing women and children that they work with. And Chantel was kind of talking about this um, with us the other night. And I'm like, can we just tell like everybody? Because I feel like they need to hear that. Yeah. And I don't know if you actually invited me back up here just now, but here I am. Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you could have stayed in your seat with the microphone, that would have been better, but no. This is better. Okay, so seriously, for every one of you that prayed, uh, for every one of you that donated, no matter how big or small that gift was, I cannot tell you, as case managers and as uh, staff, we just sat and watched. I got to go to the party with the kids. So first of all, let's back up. For those of you that are new, Awaken is an organization that I work for, and we are um, working in our city to end trafficking of kids and women. So we have about 65 children on our caseload, and that's specifically who I work with, are our youth down to. We've had as young as 11 years old um, trafficked in our city on our caseload. So it's a, it's a big deal. We've helped over 600-something women and kids, and the ones who choose to be in relationship with us, we want to bless them, and we, we kind of provide full-force wraparound services, including Christmas blessings. And some of the stuff that the kids were saying, I mean, we all were just really teary and overwhelmed ourselves watching, first of all, them interact with each other in such a healthy way, which we've previously not seen. And then, um, and even pulling each other in saying, you know, why are you sitting here by yourself? One of our girls, she's very bossy, but it works out. She's like, why are you sitting here by yourself? Come over here with us, you know, (laughs) I'm going to love you (laughs) and (laughs) let me love you. And um, just watching them open their presence and, um, say things like, I can't believe somebody would actually take the time to spend this money on us, or I've never had a present this nice before. And some of them are opening things like makeup, you know, I mean, where for us, it's like, oh, I need makeup, I'm just going to go buy it. Um, 
you know, or I need shoes. Some of them opened shoes. They were asked to give a want and a need. And, you know, and I know even just through the pictures and the conversation I got to read on our text thread that it was the same way with the adult uh, party that they had on Friday night, that they were just overwhelmed. And we had one of our, our youth, actually, all of her presents were presents for her to give to her little siblings, which I just think I was, you know, my heart is just like, man, she's already paying it forward. She didn't ask for a single thing for herself. So we're going to get her something because, well, that's a heart that deserves a little something extra. But yeah. just so you guys know, what you did was not small. It was not. And I think we did 75-ish presents, so. 75 people worth of presents. And so thank you uh, just from our organization and from my heart. Thank you so much. And even um, on behalf of our, our church, I'm going to speak for you right now. Thank you from Convo for, yeah. for stepping in and doing that. I Absolutely. appreciate it. Yeah, great job. Thank you. It's a big deal. I mean, when we when we we did it last year, and this year I told Chantel, I was like, I'm not sure if it was selfish or if it was generous, but we we're like, we want all all the girls. We want all of them. We don't want to share. Sharing is caring, but right now we want all of them. And they're like, oh, there's going to be like 75. I'm like, oh, I think we can, I think we can do that. But then y'all knocked it out of the park, and we're just that's our church. That's the heart of our church. And, and y'all carry that so well. And so thank you, Chantel, for sharing that. And uh, just, just to know that for, for somebody, you, you turned their season around. Like they, they got to encounter Jesus through you this year. And, uh, and well done. So let's go ahead into our scripture, Matthew chapter 1. And we'll have it up on the screens uh, to behind me if you, if you don't have a Bible with you as well. Um, starting in verse 18. It says, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Chantel, you did such a great job illustrating this last week and painting the, real, the, the realistic nature of what just took place there. And I just, can I encourage you? I'm already interrupting myself. When you read the Bible, don't just read it and go through it. Like, insert yourself into the context of what's happening and imagine the looks on people's faces, the things they're thinking about, like what's what's going through their minds and some of these things, and it just, it helps it come to life so much more. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly by trying to explain that she had become pregnant from God. So, <laughs> so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Dreams happen when you do what? You sleep. So he wasn't just sitting with a cup of coffee pondering, huh, I wonder what this means. No, he's wrestling with this. He's in turmoil. He's having a hard time sleeping. And so an angel appears to him in his dream and says, Joseph, son of David, uh, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived of the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus actually means the Lord saves. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, speaking of the prophet Isaiah. And when he said, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. So Father, we just pray in the minutes that we have today as we're in your word that you would speak to our life, that you would speak to exactly where we are, but Lord, that you wouldn't let us stay where we are that you would draw us into a new day, a new season, and a deeper relationship 
with you, Father. And so wherever we're coming from today, whether we've been walking with you for years or, God, for those that are here today that aren't even sure about this whole Jesus thing, Lord, we just ask that you would open up our hearts, remove barriers, open up our ears to hear what you're trying to speak today in the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Amen. So we're actually still in the middle of this series. It just happens to perfectly tie in to get into the Christmas season. We've been talking about being on mission and how we don't have to figure out what our mission is. God actually already has a mission. And the cool thing is his mission has a church. And guess what? That's you. And so for us to live on mission, it's not about even trying to wrestle with the reality of what's my purpose? What am I supposed to do? It's really about us aligning ourselves with what God has been doing, what he wants to do, and what he's going to do. And so nothing, I think nothing really depicts the heart of God more than this particular season. It's not because of all the, the festive nature of it. It's not because it makes us feel warm and fuzzy inside. It's not the, the nostalgia of our childhood memories. It's it, the thing that gives this season power is Jesus. The thing that gives this season inspiration, even when inspiration spills into other areas that aren't necessarily directly connected to Jesus, the inspiration is still coming from, you have to rhyme it so it's true, the reason of the season, which is Jesus. And that's why we're here, and that's why we're here to talk about this today. But, but this is something I think we all know. When, when things are uncertain, not 2020, but when things are uncertain, people by nature are less likely to venture into uncertain territory. How many of you, not necessarily today, but maybe the first time you came to church, you came because somebody came with you. You're like, uh, I ain't going by myself. You crazy? No. I'll go if you go. I mean, how many of you have said that in like 20 different things and you're like, well, I'll, I'll go if you go. It gives us a little bit more courage, right, because we know even though something is uncertain that there is somebody who's with us and we're not alone. That's why there's so many children and, and uh, maybe even some adults still afraid of the dark. I don't know. There's something about when you're a child and you're young or maybe you're an adult and last night and there you try to go somewhere where it's dark and there's something inside of you, all your fear receptors are start going off like crazy and you just don't want to proceed forward. Now, here's, when I was a kid, uh, I grew up in this, this, this older two-story colonial type of house and, and everything was wooden and made noises when you moved and even when you didn't move, it was fantastic. And my room upstairs was the room right next to the staircase. I know. And, uh, and I hated the moments as a kid where I would have to use the restroom in the middle of the night. Because for some reason, even though I go up and down the stairs and I live in the house all day, I know that there's some monster three steps away around the corner where I can't just wait to get me. And I, I remember as a kid having these moments where literally I would pray to Jesus would you please protect me because, man, I really have to get to the bathroom. And then you muster up enough courage, you convince it that you're not alone in a good way, and, and you just sprint the six and a half steps that the bathroom is away from your bedroom. And it's just those moments. Anyone had those, like the, the, the scary, you know, between where you are and getting to the restroom in the middle of the night. And, uh, and it, it was scary, but there is something about stepping into uncertainty when you feel like you are alone. <clears throat> and I don't think there's a whole lot different even in our regular life. There's so much uncertainty that may be in front of us. And it, everything in us wants to fight what we know we need to do, which is we must move forward. We need, to, we need to move out of the place where we are. Because here's one of the things you need to know about God and how much he loves you and what he wants to do in your life is that he doesn't want you to stay where you are. He doesn't want you to stay the same that you are. Even if things are going fantastic, 
Sometimes that can be our worst enemies when things are going good. I think I've heard so many people talk about, man, 2019, got out of debt, blessed, blah, blah, blah. And then 2020, and then things got hard. I'm like, well, it's not hard when things are going great. You don't need faith when everything is going your way. You need courage, you need faith, you need strength when things aren't going your way. Like those are the moments when you have to lean in to what you are putting your faith in. And everybody's going to put their faith in something. You know, it's sometimes like, I'm not really a person of faith. Everyone's a person of faith. It's just a matter of what you put your faith in. Everybody. Nobody is faithless. Even if you were to wrestle with thoughts of being an atheist, you're putting your faith in yourself. You're putting your faith in reason. And I would say if you're here today, no matter where you are in the spectrum of faith and belief, that everything is going to eventually come up short except for the one who has no limitation. Just the reality that we've been living in a year. Gosh, I'm so tired of talking about the unprecedented. And even using that word in my vocabulary, it's just been <laughs> unprecedented, really. <laughs> How many times I've used that word. But there's no better way to end this year than to remember that we're not alone. To remember that Jesus is Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. God is with you. Let's not generalize that. Sometimes when we generalize the truths of God, it can actually lose some of its power and impact. Because we're like, yeah, it's just he feels the same way for everybody. It's not like I'm special. No. Let's, let's, let's personalize that. Jesus is Emmanuel for you. He's not just God is with us, he's God is with you. And if you get anything out of what we're talking about today, even in the brief moments that we have, I want you to leave this place today understanding that it doesn't matter what is ahead of you, what is in front of you, it doesn't matter whether the hallway is dark, whether the future is uncertain. We're all like 2021, midnight, everything's gonna, we know that's not the case. This year somebody's saying, 2021, it's like, <laughs> we're peeking our head and we're like, is it, can we, is it good to come in, are we good? If 2020 taught us anything, we don't have a clue what 2021 is going to have. But this is what we do know. Is that the same God that was with us in the hard moments is the same God that's going to be with us moving forward. I find it interesting that when Jesus showed up physically on the scene, he came on the tail end of what was 400 years of silence between God and his people. 400 years from the end of the book of Malachi to going into the birth of Christ, there were 400 years where no prophets were raised up, where it seemed like there was no new revelation between God and his people. And there were many, many reasons for that. But how many of you have experienced something this year where you're like, a lot of silence this year, God. I don't feel you. I haven't heard you. I don't see you. Everything seems to be, you know, we've got all the things that we want to say. But in that very moment, God said, no. You think I've been silent, but I'm about to blow your minds because I've been unfolding my plan to be with you the whole time. It's in our darkest, most depressed moments. It's in the greatness or the, the greatest moment of our brokenness that God's like, no, I got you. Because I'm Emmanuel. I'm in God with you. I'm with you in the moments that struggle. I'm with you in the moments of celebration. I'm with you in the triumphs. I'm with you in the things that you can't see. And when you need to go down a dark hallway, I'm going to hold your hand. It's not in my notes, but we could go into Psalm 23 and just preach on that all day long. Come on, he is with you. And here's the cool thing. Sometimes we think, well, Jesus showed up. Jesus is 2,000 years old. No, Jesus is eternal. 
He just became tangible 2,000 years ago. He just became something that we could, you know, that people could actually see and interact with. And, and there wasn't this, this great unknown and unseen divide. He's Emmanuel, God with us. God showing up on the scene. God to live in the same flesh that we have. God to experience the same struggles that we experience. God to go through the same temptations that we go through and still not sin so that he could lead the way and show us that it's possible. God became tangible. So here's something that we got to know. Here's something we have to remember right now. Jesus has always been with us. He has always been with us. Check this out in John chapter 1. In another one of the Gospels, John's speaking here, and he's talking about Jesus. And it says, in the beginning, the Word already existed. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, important to know, the Word was not a God. The Word was God, is God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing that exists was created except through him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I love that. We're going to be doing some candles here in a couple of minutes, and that's the representation even of what that means. In our darkest moment, the light's with us. In our most challenging season, the light is with us. And it's, you know, when you're a kid, you're just, you're just looking for that light. You're just looking for that nightlight, right? You're looking for something. You're looking for a bright moon, something to get you through that hallway. And there's something, that, some courage that comes up inside of you when even if it's just being able to see within a, you know, an 18 to 24 inch circumference around you, you're like, okay, at least I feel a little bit better in this moment. But to know that there is a light that showed up on the day that we celebrate Christmas, and that light wasn't just to be something that, sh- that, that shone around us to give us a little bit of courage. It was a light that would expel darkness. And here's the cool thing. Darkness can't it coexist with light. And sometimes for people that can be scared because you're like, I don't, know, I don't know if I want God shining his light around me. I'm afraid of what might be uncovered. I'm afraid of what might be exposed. I'm afraid that, that what I've tried to hide from everybody else might be exposed. And, and you need to know something about God. He is a God of grace. He does want to expose the brokenness in you, but what he's actually going to expose is not uncovering you before all people. He's going to expose the grace that comes from him and makes it visible in your life. Don't be afraid of what is unseen when God wants to shine his light on your life. Jesus isn't 2,000 years old. He's eternal. I had a couple more verses before I was going to get into it, but then I started getting into it. But I'm still going to read you these verses because they're good. It just paints that picture of, hey, Jesus has always been here. Check this out, Philippians 2, 6 and 7. It says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. How could he give something up if he didn't already exist? He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And then Hebrews 13, 8, and this is so crucial to understand, just in your belief system of who Jesus is, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was faithful then, he's faithful now, and guess what? He's going to be faithful tomorrow, and he's going to be faithful the day after that, and he's going to be faithful the day after that. When do you need him to be faithful? Because he's there. He's not going to let you down. He's not going to, he's not, going to not be there. God is so faithful, you guys. Listen, in your most lonely moments, God reminds us that he hasn't left us. And if, and if we can get that picture painted in our spirit of what it must have felt like to seem like God was distant for 400 years, not speaking, not raising their prophets, not connecting. You know, I, I can't imagine what that might be like. 
but to know that God is always working a plan to reveal himself to you in a deeper way all the time. I, I, I love so much when, when Paul, the Apostle Paul, begins to talk about some of the weaknesses that he's had in his own life and how there was a time where, where he used to really focus on trying to correct the weakness, but he says that one time God spoke to him and said, hey, listen, you don't need to worry about that because in your weakness I'm made strong through you. It may not look like your strength, but God's always going to come through in strength. God's strength for your life is all that you need. You don't have to always overcome your weakness. You just have to know those moments and rely on God to come through. Because people aren't looking for you to be perfect. They're looking for what you believe in to show up. And when what we believe in falls short, it's because typically we've been putting power in ourselves and believing in ourselves that we can come through and believing in ourselves that we're strong enough and believing in ourselves that we have all the answers. But here's the thing, we're going to fall short. And when we do, what is there to hold us up? Why don't we just sidestep that whole process and say, Jesus, I'm just going to stop where I'm right now and I'm going to declare that I need you. I don't have what it takes. I don't have all the answers. I'm not strong enough on my own. I know I can't. I'm still breathing. I'm still standing. I'm, I'm at the end of this unprecedented year. And I'm still here. But God, you got me this far and I'm going to need you to be the one that takes me into the new year as well. Jesus Christ is Emmanuel. God with us. We're gonna, I'm actually going to call our worship team back up, and, and in a moment we're going to get ready here for our, for our candlelight moment. We're going to sing one more song. And listen, um, please, please don't let this, again, be some just traditional ceremonial moment. There's nothing about who we are and who God is and what we do that is just about tradition. There are some great traditions, don't get me wrong. There's some really good ones. I love it. But I want you to understand, and I hope today that you can lean in to a moment to understand that God today, he wants you to know. And if you've never known, he wants you to realize. And if you did know, he wants you to remember that Emmanuel is God with you. He's going to be with you. Come on, he's going to be faithful. Somebody needs to receive that today. God is going to be faithful. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He's not going to abandon you. He's not waiting for you to, to mess up so that he can say, oh, you're not worthy of me being with you. No, Jesus showed up on this scene when we didn't deserve it the most. And guess what? God's grace shows up in your life when you don't deserve it the most. That's the greatness of God. That's the love of God. His mercy keeps us from getting what we do deserve, which is the fruit of our actions and the fruit of our sin. And his grace gives us what we don't deserve, which is the unearned, unmerited favor of God so grateful that, that God wasn't sitting up in heaven saying, we'll, we'll, send, we'll send Jesus here in just a moment. I'm just waiting for the world to be worthy. I'm just holding almost, I mean, some people are starting to get it. I'm just kind of waiting until everybody kind of gets their junk together. And, and then I'll send Jesus because they, they, they earned it. No. In our, in our worst moment, in our deepest sin, when we were at our lowest point, when we didn't deserve the love and the grace of God the most, that's when he came into our life. And when he went to the cross, and I know it's not Easter, but you got to connect the dots. When he went to the cross, he did so knowing that the sin of every single human being, yours, mine, was going to be placed on his back so that the price could be paid, so that we could be forgiven, and so that we could live a life where Jesus is present with us, ever present in every moment in every time of need. 
Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. I love even the contrast of what seems like two names when you're reading the account in Matthew chapter 1. The angel tells Joseph, name him Jesus. But the prophet says he will be called Emmanuel, God with us. That's because the two aspects of that name are synonymous in who Jesus is. Jesus means the Lord saves. Jesus came to save. That was his purpose. But we also need to know that he didn't save us and leave us, but he saves us and he stays with us. Jesus is the Lord who saves, and he is Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you again for joining us on the Combo Church Podcast. Special shout out to those who give so generously to Combo Church. It's because of you that this ministry is even possible. If you want to sow into the ministry, go to ComboChurch.com and simply click the Give button. It's that easy. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, follow, take a screenshot, and share it on your social stories and tag us at Combo Church. Thanks again for listening. And make sure you tune in to the next episode of the Combo Church Podcast.